Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start. Let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life, different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo! This gives me the collywobbles just thinking about it. All right, so today we're in Exodus uh, chapter 10, and plague one was, anybody remember? The, the water. Water, yeah, water to blood. Um, number two? Frogs. Ribbit, ribbit. Frogs, oh, good one. Number three? Lice. Lice. Um, number four? Cattle. Cattle. No, no, no. Flies. Sure. Flies. Uh, okay, flies. Yeah, yeah, flies. And then, yep, you're right. Uh, number five, the disease, the livestock. Number six? Ooh, fire. Uh, fire and oh, no, cold. No, before no. that. Before that. Oh. Boils. Oh. Okay, so number seven. Fire and brimstone. Uh, fire and hail. Uh, hail. Yep, hail, hail. It was actually a really, really weird one when we went through it because it was hail, lightning. It actually said hail, lightning, and fire, I think, all at once. So I, I don't know what that means. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Quite frankly, it sounds horrific. Chapter 10, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. And they shall cover the face of the earth, so that no one will be able to see the earth. And that they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail. And they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses, the houses of all your servants, and the houses of the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your fathers' fathers have seen since the day that they were in the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Any comments on that yet? <laughs> I mean, at least they give him food this time. Locusts you can actually eat. Locusts you can actually eat? Yeah, they yeah but food this is time. eating the remainder. So, like, okay, so a slight recap from before. So, okay, so the flies came in. I'm sorry, the diseased cattle came in, and the cattle died. Not all of it, but most of the cattle died. And then the boils happened, and the cattle that didn't die got boils. 
And then the hail came down. And remember, during that one, it talked about uh, harvesting certain stuff. Right. Like the, the barley and all these other different things. Because later on, this was apparently going to happen. The locust was going to come in and, and eat. Yeah. The remainder. So would this be another instance of like um, one of the, the Egyptian gods at that time? Because the the frogs, as loud and annoying as they were, um, they are also ed- edible, and they could have just cooked them up and eaten them, but because they represented a deity of theirs, they, they couldn't. So I'm wondering if he's still going down the lines and dismissing and showing power over every of the gods. Check this one out. Um, Senhem, S-E-N-E-H-E-M, Senhem, is the protector god against plagues. You almost think they were getting ready for this one. (laughs) So apparently these weren't plagues up to the locusts, unless they're talking about plagues like, you know, famine plagues or something like that. It it just sounds like a a southern god. Seen them plagues? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, let's continue on. Uh, Verse 7, Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, and they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? I like, like, this time, instead of Moses having a conversation with Pharaoh, he, like, just dropped the mic and left. Like, there was no, yeah, like, did, yeah. give, us yeah. your, you give us your answer now, and we'll, he's like, you know, this is our demands, and then just left, and then left them to squabble amongst themselves. Right, it's it's almost as though I almost I almost feel like he didn't go into the court for this one. Like he just walked into to Egypt and Pharaoh happened to be there and he's like, "Hey, by the way, there's another one coming." And then, like you said, just dropped the mic and what left. Uh, verse eight. So Moses and Aaron went. I'm sorry. So Moses and Aaron were brought against, brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, "Go serve the Lord." So they left, and they, Pharaoh's bringing them back. So go serve the Lord your God, who are the ones that are going. Oh, so he's asking, who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, we will go with our young, our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. And then he said to them, the Lord had... The Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Verse 11. Not so. Go now, you who are men and who serve the Lord, for that, for that is what you, des- you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Okay, so what? go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, if, I, if I may, um, reading from the NIV here. Um, Pharaoh's, Which verse? Uh, starting at 10. Um, if I, the, and Pharaoh said, The Lord be with you. If I let you, along with your women and children, clearly you're bent on evil. So <laughs> he's like, that's pretty much everybody. Everybody's leaving. So who, who's going with you? Just the old people and the young people and the men and the women and children. It, it, that's it. That's and, it. Oh, no, and that, my cattle and my herds. <laughs> So basically, I'm saying, sure, go. Like you're bent on evil, you're just gonna flee, right? Right. And and once again, up to this point, like this seems like a reasonable thing that God's asking, but it seems to be like 
I guess in the mind of Pharaoh, like more and more and more, because originally it was just, hey, let's just hold a feast. And he's still kind of there because he says, let's all go and hold a feast. It still doesn't seem like it's it's a let my people go forever thing just yet. I mean, unless that's his intent. I don't know. It just seems like a reasonable thing until we foreshadow, get to the end. Yeah, and, and here it said um, only the men will go with you because that's, that's what you've been asking for up to this point. Now you're wanting to up the ante? Come on now. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all, the, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his rod. Well, wait a second. God said stretch out your hand. <laughs> wait a minute. Well, like, Dr- dramatic his hand effect. was holding the rod. Probably. <laughs> his hand was holding the rod. I like that. <laughs> he, he can't let go. Remember, if he lets go, it's going to turn into a snake. Oh, that's so right. Yeah, he's got to he's gotta hold on to that thing. <laughs> Otherwise, so, he loses it. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. Okay, I, I just, side note, I've always wondered this. Earlier plagues, okay, so hail. Obviously, that's that's like a, a miracle thing, like God prepared a storm, whatever, you know, and the hail, lightning, right, crazy stuff. Okay, um, lice, I think the lice and one of the other ones was the whole, like, uh, oh, yeah, the boils and I think the lice where the, you know, throw the dust into the air or throw the, throw the, you know, kick up the dust or throw ashes into the air. You know, something like that. And then the ashes turned into boils and the dust turned into lice or, or there was other insects that you guys were talking about, gnats and stuff like that. Did this east wind, was it like God was preparing the locusts out in the desert or something or outside of the jungle and kind of blew the locusts in because they were just stuck in the wind? Or was this some sort of miracle that it literally was just like the wind came and just all of a sudden locusts appeared in the wind? Like In your guys' mind, what do you think? I know this. there's no dogmatic way of, of preaching this out, but... In, in my mind, I think of like a bunch of... Uh... A bunch of surprise nomads, like they're like wandering around, and all of a sudden, this whole wind carrying locusts goes blowing right by them, <laughs> and they're like, "I feel sorry for whoever gets those." So like, so like, there's a, like a caravan going through the desert with like sixteen or twenty-five camel, and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> just "Crazy weather we've been having." <laughs> <laughs> Crazy weather we've been having. <laughs> so the, a the funniest thing about another this episode is. Looking up the locust and looking up the different size, general location. And the thing that just actually hit me was locusts are now actually found in Africa. If you actually think about it, Egypt is above Africa and it says eastern wind and they would fly with eastern wind. That means more towards China. How did they end up back in Africa? Well, I don't know, but it doesn't talk about the wind after yet. It just talks about the preamble wind. But it's just kind of funny to me because you're like talking about east wind. That's more towards, but you're saying the fact that the wind is blowing from the east. No, I guess what I'm asking is, isn't it when it says an eastward wind, doesn't it mean it's coming out of the east? So like you look to the east and the wind is blowing in your face, right? That's what I'm Because when they say the northern winds for where we're at, it it brings the cold down It's going south. 
Right. Okay, so then that would mean it would be coming from Israel. It would be coming from, well, China also, but... That's funny. Eastern Winds Bible, biblical. It actually says that. On a, Eastern Winds? Out, yep. Okay, so when you looked up locusts, what size of the locust did you find out? I've always wondered Ooh, that. They're like twice the size of grasshoppers. Ew. And... Gross. Right. Oh, that's not gross. Dude, grasshoppers. I cannot handle that. So you got four four inches? Like, yeah, they're actually not right flying through that. the air and landing on you and so thick you can't even see the ground. I still like the movie um, um, where the guy actually eats it. The cowboy actually eats it and feeds it to his horse. Hidalgo. Okay, so we're looking up locusts and what this and the size of the locusts and that kind of thing. And right now, I have a I have an image up. I wish I could show you guys on a podcast, but maybe I put it up as the picture. <laughs> um, these locusts are about the size of a hot dog, like the length of a hot dog, larger, maybe a little larger around, and giant legs on them, and antennae and legs like poking all over. And they fly. Don't forget the part that they fly. So like. These locusts are not little tiny things here. No. We're not talking about no. like a two-inch grasshopper or a one-inch grasshopper. These these are serious. So I want I'm I'm wondering what I'm wondering if the locusts there were even larger. I'm wondering how they taste. Oh my goodness. That's gross. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so so now he's calling him in. Pharaoh called him in. Okay, this is Exodus chapter 10, verse 14. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. So, man, maybe they were way bigger than these images we're seeing. Maybe they were like two feet long or something. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left, so there remained nothing green on the trees, on the plants of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. Sully? So, I just found this Bible verse, uh, or not Bible verse, but a thing on the eastern winds and why they were so bad. Because it actually blew into the Red Sea. Oh. It, I didn't realize it actually blew into the Red Sea. That would have been coming from the Red Sea, wouldn't it have been? Yeah, because the Gulf of Aqaba and the Gulf of Suez are right up there. Wow. Verse 16. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. Did I read that right? This death? 
This death only, verse 18. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. They remained not one locust in the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. Okay, so so apparently the, the locusts blew in from the sea and blew back into the sea right. after it was over. And then there was lots of happy fish. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. The ones that are still alive now. I bet you I bet you the fish that ate that was the fish that God prepared for Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question. How long does it seem that this plague lasted? How long would it take locusts to eat the land? Especially giant locusts like that. I mean, I know I can, like, look out at my garden and have vegetables, like, not ripe yet, totally covering one of my plants, and then go out the next day, and there'll be some little worms or some little tiny bugs, and all the produce will be gone, like, within a day. <laughs> so, so I don't think it would have to take that long. So possibly, like, maybe a day or two, maybe? Yeah. It's quite possible. Well, wow. It says here um, that they blew in in the morning, and then quickly... Pharaoh said, and didn't even say, like, um, let's take care of this tomorrow. He's just like, you need to stop this death right now because he sees the last of their food getting just annihilated. Yeah, what's left. So I think this happened, like, in, in the course of probably hours. So, you know. so like, maybe a 12-hour span? Yeah. So, like, the wind, because didn't it say the wind blew through the night? Blew through the night, and by morning it was by morning. covering. Right. And then Pharaoh quickly called him in and he's like, all right, whoa, whoa, time whoa. out, time out. <laughs> So, Forgive wow, my sins wow. again. <laughs> wow. So isn't this, and this, this is a, a good topic for some point because it's very interesting that, that Pharaoh, and we brought this up once before, that Pharaoh is that, 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 that guy that no one on a plane when there's turbulence and the plane's about to go down is an atheist. And then all of a sudden it, the plane levels out and all of a sudden everybody's back to the, who they were before. You know, it's, it's that, that. Oh no, we're having a bad time. Oh, okay, everything's fine. I can be who I who I want to be. And and not only this time does he look like a fool in front of Moses, but this time his officials even told him, "Dude, just let it happen. Just let let him go and pray." Yeah. You know, how it, how much farther are you going to let us be killed here? Right. It seems like his own servants and his own officials and his own uh, viziers and and you know those people that that help him in his council are are they're turning against him. They're like, "This enough is enough, man." Okay, so this is this is verse 21. We're going into the ninth plague now. Uh, so verse 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the heaven, and there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness which may even be felt. I, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. What does that mean? What does that mean? Darkness that you can feel. A black bear. What was that? A black bear? No, not that kind of feel. Well, I think it's interesting that um, I don't remember the actual like words off the top of my head, but I know that the words for darkness here um, are the same words used in Genesis, like the very beginning of Genesis when God separates light from darkness. And that's before he creates day and night before he creates, you know, the sun and the moon 
and all the things all that the give light that sources, right? Yeah, the ones that give that kind of radiating light. So you know, to me, it seems like he created, you know, that's the the thick, you know, spiritual darkness, and then you know, contrast to his light and his goodness and that like enlightenment that that you know he puts on you know his people i've heard it described uh ministers give this up they said have you ever been in a dark room and this is i've been in this type of experience you've ever been in a room and had to navigate through a room that was so dark it doesn't matter how how wide you open your eyes that darkness you can almost feel it it feels like you're in a thicker room i went on a uh a tour of Ruby Falls down in Chattanooga. And this one you have to like walk into the mountain like a, a mile and then it takes you down and into the caverns. And so you're walking through and uh, traversing and it's all lit up all the way through, which is really fun. Um, but then you get to a spot where they say hold still and they shut all the lights off. And you are in this cave and there is no light. And it's almost... Like a, like a heaviness because like you said yeah. you can open your eyes just so much and you you feel almost dread and like like just thickness like a like a humid day like like a we, blanket almost on you that, yeah <sighs> to where it's it, it's like a, a physical barrier trying to stop you from trying to traverse through and things that you cannot see so firefighters actually go through training I did a little bit about this in high school through my public safety class. But what they do is they actually put goggles on you, tell you to get on your hands and knees. They first light up the room, and then they shut it off, and then they start putting obstacles in your way in a dark room. There is actually, and you have a little device that you're supposed to not let go off. And then they give you an oxygen tank and tell you, Go ahead, get through this room. That is actually, honestly, one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. Because you could actually hear this little device that go beep, beep. And then if you don't, it rings. It rings loud. It's really annoying. Then you got to worry about how much oxygen you're having. Because you really can't breathe in those oxygen tanks. It's not fun. So you got to monitor your breathing your heart rate checking to see what is around you in a dark room good times so is this darkness and this is the way that i've always envisioned it and and i want to get your guys's opinion on this just because I, I don't want to take too much creative liberty with this it almost seems to me because later on we're going to read a lot more details about this darkness but it almost seems to me that god did not just you know put a cloud over it so it was like you know a solar eclipse or something like that it almost seems like god physically took all of the light away from Egypt. As in, Egypt could look on the horizon and they could see Goshen has Goshen has morning. But I'm here and I'm stumbling around in the dark and I can't... You, 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 do you know what I'm saying? Like, almost as though if you're... If you're it, it's almost as though all light reflection was, was impossible in that area. Is, is that... Is that I can go with that, but go the ahead. better one that I can actually point out, because a lot of people would actually know this, and you can actually look this up, Lion King in the Pride Land. Because the the Pride Land was lit up, and then the dark side was dark. 
Why do we always go back to the like Simba? <laughs> Circle of life. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to continue on. Uh, the darkness was even felt. Okay, so verse 22. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise up from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, and said, Go serve the Lord your God. Let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. So in other words, all the people can go, leave your, your animals. But Moses said, You must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we will serve the Lord God until we arrive there. Verse 27, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Take heed to yourself, and see my face no more. For in the day you shall see my face, you shall surely die. So Moses said, You have spoken well. I will never see your face again. Okay, now as far as the God of this, can you guys take a shot in the dark of which God that this was? Apollo. <laughs> Mix them No, up. no, that's a, different, that's a different one. Okay, so Ammon and Amun-Ra. Amun-Ra was his full his full title. Amun-Ra. Ra was, it was actually a lot of gods. There's Amun, Amun-Ra, Ra, Aten, and Horus. Different solar or celestial gods. They were gods of stars and moons and suns and light and da 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 So God was, yeah. <laughs> and and, and as, I've, as I understand it, Ra was actually a very big deal there like Ra was not just a minor god he was a, a big deal there yeah Ra it would be especially during this time period would be as close as you're getting for a one-to-one -one comparison with with God with with Yahweh that that they that they had during during that time yeah so but I I find this one interesting that when it comes to this one, it seems like the three days, like right at the end of the three days. Oh, no, no. Okay, so maybe the series of events is, is, is wonky in my mind. So does it seem like the three days ended and then Pharaoh called him in? Or was he still in the three days and called him? No, I'd say the the three days happened. They ended because it, it said in the in the passage that nobody left their dwellings, nobody left their houses, you know. And so now for three days, you're sitting there with just your thoughts, right? No, no light for comfort. You know, there's no understanding. You know, um, day and night. You know, it, it, they were having to get a little taste of what people in Alaska have to deal with. You know, when they have like <laughs> eternal night or eternal day. You know, but they had three days of complete darkness that they couldn't see anything, just their thoughts. 
Right. And then he cracked and said, okay, you can take it. And then when Moses, you know, stuck to his guns and up the ante a little bit, you know. Can you imagine? I mean, I mean, and it's, it's really hard for us to, to think of it like this, but could you imagine having this, and we just did a live cast on this when it comes to doctrine, having a doctrine or, or a belief system that you're so adamant about that Ra or Amun-Ra is the king of, of light and, 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 you know, the sun. And then all of a sudden this, this God that you have put your, your faith into that you have put all of this into is, has just quite frankly has no strength can't even can't even stand up to this other god that is i guess showing up the god that you have put so much faith into i mean could you imagine like what would that feel like being in a situation like that i think at this point you know from from pharaoh's level that it's no longer a uh a gods versus gods thing because he's taking all of his torment and hatred and everything out of Moses and Aaron. So it's becoming a personal vendetta, not just, Oh wow, you got is so powerful and this is what your God can do. But now it's, it's, you know, he's, he's now um, made it physical, you know, cause, cause he can't control what's going on with the gods, but he can tell Moses to leave and never see me again. Right. So he's he's just he's livid at this point. Okay. We talked about uh, at some point during during the walkthrough Exodus that during this time the pharaoh was believed to be for lack of a better phrase like a demigod, like a like a holy bloodline sort of thing, a holy position. So for for pharaoh somebody who's who's living in that time and having somebody else come in and say okay this this religion your your religious um practices are wrong your gods are wrong all of those kinds of things he's going to take that take that personally because in essence uh, you're you're attacking him and attacking what what he believes he is a part of absolutely okay because so this would be something that would be person like this would be down to down to home with him because, um, and and I'm not going to get all the details correct about this, but you're absolutely right because demigod would be the closest word because when they were put in their tomb and 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 mummified and all that fun stuff, there was actually a huge religious ceremony that had to do with this because their his servants were actually escorting him and the priests were escorting his soul or whatever to the the underworld and to, or to the afterlife type of thing for him to take his place as as a god. So all right, so go ahead. Did you have some something Susanna? Well I I think here in um verse twenty six there's like a really important everlasting God principle that's kind of being brought up where, you know, Pharaoh says, Okay, you guys can go, but leave the animals and and Moses says, We need to bring even the animals, we can't leave anything behind because we don't know what God is going to ask of us when we get there. So it's this this idea that when you're when you're seeking God and you're going out and you're following Him, 
you have to submit everything. <laughs> you can't say, but I'm going to hold on to this or I'm going to hold on to this because you don't know what he's going to ask of you and you have to be willing to to have everything at his disposal, you know? And, and it's also that, that preparedness also is Moses is like, absolutely not. We need to bring everything. Like this is right. what needs to happen. <laughs> and even outside of that, God told Moses this in the beginning. God said all the way back to the burning bush, you and all of the children of Egypt and all of their possessions, and you're even going to go to the neighbors and this is going to happen and they're going to give you their riches. And like God already laid out to Moses what needs to happen. And Moses is, does not seem to be wavering from this at all. Even though Pharaoh has basically, uh, I don't want to say sweeten the deal, but Pharaoh has basically already laid out and said, all right, yeah, 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 you can go, but leave your livestock. Yeah, I'm sure as Moses is seeing this play out, like he's getting more and more emboldened, you know, <laughs> seeing all these things happen. And and I, especially just seeing that contrast of all of Egypt being thrown in darkness, that thick darkness that can be felt and and Israel being left in light. And it's that word for, for spirit and enlightenment and wisdom, you know, it's like that kind of light. Like, I just can't imagine experiencing that and, and seeing it. Like, I feel like at this point he's like, nah, like we're not taking anything less than what, you know, like he's so confident now. <laughs> wow. All right. Does anybody have any last words uh, for this? Because the next two chapters get into some very heavy things. Number one, chapter 11 is the, is the 10th plague. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, if you want to read ahead, you may. Uh, but in uh, and, and chapter 12 talks about the protection for anybody from this plague. And this is one of the first times that it's not just the plague is not just something and not just a warning given ahead, like the one with the livestock. Hey, bring your servants in and your your things in. That wasn't necessarily a salvation thing. That's a warning thing. Hey, something's coming. This is God's actually given a way out. And in chapter 12. So. Before we, we crest into that, does anybody have any last words for, for this uh, ninth plague? Um, I guess this makes me think of um, even the, I was reading up earlier today on the Battle of Jericho and how, you know, they, they went around the city, what, six times blaring the trumpets and, and, you know, those were all like the trumpet in the Bible is always the warning. It's always the the call for redemption or the celebration or, or the, um, you know, it's the last trump that, you know, the dead will rise. Like, so it's like here it's in the, it's with Jericho is the last trumpet that the walls fell, you know, the walls came tumbling down and everything got destroyed. So it's like here, Pharaoh's making this last choice. Like he's not budging and he's, he's saying, Moses, I'm not going to see you again. You know, you're. It's like he he had his last opportunity to repent, like the 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 second to last trumpet sound, the last warning shot, and what was coming next with the tenth plague is the the final trumpet, <laughs> like the final judgment where like you don't have a choice anymore, like your fate is sealed, which is so scary and and true. You know, like that's it for them. So Pharaoh's is forcibly cutting himself off from God. And I mean, yeah. quite frankly, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, God never cuts anybody off, just so everybody knows. It's it's always on us. It's our choice. Now, God may say, I'm cutting you off, but that's because of the choice we've made. 
you know, it always, it always starts with us with the choice. It's always that, that relational choice that we got to make. So no, I, I think this has been good. And going into the next two chapters are going to be very exciting because this kind of caps off the, the, the story of what, what really takes the Exodus and flings it into a whole new existence for, for each, or for, uh, uh, the Jewish people. And, and they really become the, the, the people of God that they were meant to be from the beginning. So Tom, could you lead us out in a word of prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for those that are listening. Lord, thank you for those that have sat around this, this table here and we just read and, and talked about this section of Scripture, Lord, and the, the lessons that are that are here. Lord, I just pray going forward that we we continue to be a, uh, be, a, be a light and a just a vessel for you, Lord, so that uh, we can beckon people like like you are the the light for the the Israelite people here in this chapter in this time of darkness. Lord, I just pray that you be with us as we go our, our separate ways. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this has been Justin. This is Tom. This is Sully. This is Joe. This is Susanna. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We will see you next time, or you'll hear us next time. And uh, by the way, just as a, a side note, you can always find Biblical Chili at biblicalchili.com, and you can also find Joe's podcast at uh, buddywalkwithjesus.com as well. All right. We love you guys. Now, listen. Just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. Also, each week, Biblical Chili goes live on YouTube. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to BiblicalChili.com. We also want to make sure we give a shout out to one of our co-hosts, Joe, who's a host on BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Now, until we meet again, remember, be part of the conversation. Goodbye. Sweet, sassy Will Massey. Yeah, they're huge. Oh, dude, no, that's not, that's not twice the size of a grasshopper. That's like four times, five I've, times. I've seen a grasshopper this That's big. the size of the guy's middle finger. Yeah. Like, you can yeah, barbecue those things. There's grass Could you imagine riding your Harley through that storm? Okay, so look up the verses, okay? Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>